welcome to Travel with Stephanie Abrams. Oh, we're going to have such fun this hour. We really are. Um, do you remember back in, I'm going to say sometime in early March this year, 2020, while we were still in Ireland, thinking that we were going home on March 18th, uh, before we got the big surprise that on March 15th that Aer Lingus was not going to fly, effective March 17th, that there would be no parades for St. Patrick's Day anywhere in Ireland, that everything was going into lockdown, and I um, self-appropriated, or as they say in the Army, I midnight requisitioned, um, a term my very good friend, dear friend, Mark Leslie invented, uh, who lives in Dunleary, a region within County Dublin, Ireland. He invented the word lockdown, like you would have Lochern or Lochree or um, any other lake in Ireland. Um, and I kind of love that. <laughs> there actually is a lockdown. It's not in Northern Ireland in County Down, however. It happens to be in Galway, can you imagine, which is on the opposite coast, on the west coast of Ireland. But um, there we were, um, locked down in Ireland, effective the 16th of March, never making it home on the 18th. We didn't get home until July. But in that almost three-week period between when we arrived the end of February and the date we were supposed to go home, we covered a lot of ground and did a lot of interviews. On the day we landed from the transatlantic flight from Boston, no, sorry, we flew home to Boston. We flew out of Hartford, Connecticut's Bradley International Airport, which meant that when we flew home, our car was a very big drive away from where we landed because we landed in Boston in July and the car was in Connecticut. But in any event, the day we landed, we had arrangements. Coming off a transatlantic flight that's much too short from Boston to Dublin to get a decent sleep. However, we had a nice little nap, got off the plane, got our rental car from Budget Rent-A-Car in Ireland, who are wonderful people to deal with, and headed for a town more or less an hour, maybe a little bit more than an hour from Dublin Airport to meet my good friend Mark Leslie, who then took us on a tour, packing in as much as for that day as we could before jet lag pounded upon us and we imploded because that's what happens. You, suddenly you get to a point where, you know, the mind is thinks it's willing, the body has no plans to join you. <laughs> so... He took us in a two-day period to four new exhibits his company, Martello, has created, visitor centers he has created in Ireland. And he has created visitor experiences, places like the J.P. Morgan Library in New York City, um, museums in Malta, 
including a fine arts museum, the Science Museum, and Fort St. Angelo in Malta. Uh, a bunch of years ago, it's got to be a dozen years or more than that, um, he was the one responsible for creating the Ireland Pavilion at the World Expo in Japan. And we actually went. And there was Mark, who took us by our hot little hands, uh, on a tour of what he created to uh, reveal Ireland to the world at this very special expo. Um, in, if I'm right, it was in, um, it was either, it was in Nagoya, I think. Um, when you get off the train in Nagoya, and we were coming in from Kyoto, but you could have come in from Tokyo. When you get off the train right there, there is a museum dedicated to the Boston Symphony Orchestra. It's quite amazing. But of course, there was a strong connection for decades because of um, Sergei Ozawa, who was for ages the conductor of the Boston Symphony Orchestra. So there's great affection uh, from the Japanese for the Boston Symphony. But in any event, um, we went to see these four exhibits. Each of them was amazing. And if you go back to the podcast from March, which you can find online, you of uh, Travel with Stephanie Abrams, and um, we consolidated the name for both shows now, effective um, August of this year. But prior to that, one of the shows was called Travelers 411. And you can still find the podcasts online from March. And you will find interviews that we did with the various head honchos, the executive directors and whomever, uh, the directors of tourism and whatnot, uh, at these four different exhibits that we visited with Mark Leslie. And he stayed over. Um, the first night, um, actually nearby to where we were. And it was just a lovely two days and a night that we spent together. Uh, or it might have been two evenings, because I think we had dinner together both nights. And it was just grand. I would say that I was touched in a very special way by each of the exhibits. They are each in their own right very special and uh, we'll review them with you so that when you can get out of your own lockdown and get over to Ireland, you make sure you visit these places. But one of them just won a major award. And so I got the email yesterday announcing who the winners were in this very competitive competition because it wasn't just a competition within Ireland. It was a competition, um, I think it was just within Europe, but when I say just within Europe, that covers a lot of territory. And so um, this wonderful museum in County Monaghan, interestingly enough, very close to Castle Leslie, which is owned by Mark's family, and um, a place you can stay, the place where Paul McCartney married the second wife, the better known as the Beast, um, a place where I got connected with the Leslie family when I, my husband and I created and hosted 
uh, family wedding there. And um, in the process, became great friends to the point that I truly feel like Mark is a brother, not just uh, a friend, certainly not merely an acquaintance. And he is my go-to person for all things Irish, British, and um, even going past other borders because he's like talking to a walking encyclopedia. I don't think there's anything he's ever connected with. He's forgotten the details on. <laughs> so he's just won yet again another award. And it's for the Patrick Cavanaugh Center in County Monaghan, Ireland. And we've got him on the line, live from Dunleary in County Dublin, Ireland. We're going to talk with him right after this. Get motivated by reading the fantastic reviews of Rumors by Stephanie Abrams at Amazon.com. This is the perfect season to snuggle up with a good book, Rumors by Stephanie Abrams. Invite your book club to read it. On the line, live from County Dublin in the region of County Dublin known as Dunleary, not spelled the way you think it's spelled. <laughs> I always say it's Dunglehary, but you say it a little di differently when you pronounce all the letters, Mark. How do you say it? But, um, I, I, I cheekily call it um, uh, large and hairy. <laughs> but it's named after King Leary, the famous king who I think challenged got annoyed with St. Patrick for lighting the Paschal, you know, fire on the Hill of Slain or whatever it is, when only the king was supposed to light this sacred fire, which was the ultimate publicity stunt in Irish history. Uh, he was trying to market and brand Christianity to a fierce pagan warrior society. And by upstaging the king, by lighting a bigger fire on, the, on a bigger hill, you know, then the kill, then the king. He got dragged before the king and asked to give account of himself. And um, uh, anyway, it ultimately led to uh, Ireland um, adopting one of those weird Palestinian cult religions, um, Funny. which uh, you know, has led to quite a lot of trouble <laughs> over the ages. Oh, you're a riot. <laughs> Go, Patrick. That's all I can say. Yes, you gotta there love somebody. A lot of traffic blockage in, in in America, so they they know all about the problems caused by St. Patrick. You know. Yeah. Well, um, you know, regrettably, um, Americans who have never been in Ireland for St. Patrick's Day, and probably haven't been in Ireland ever, um, the people who have never done something seem to be the best informed and totally confident of their opinions. <laughs> it well, all, that always strikes me as odd. We were talking about Nagoya. Uh, I was staggered on my first trip to Japan to be offered to go to the Nagoya um, Gosu Kanon Temple for Kanon, another incarnation of, uh, you know, one of the gods, to witness what they call the Serpent Repelling Saint Festival, which consisted of lots of Japanese in green kimonos celebrating the great uh, Japanese saint, Sento Patriki. Uh, you made that up. No, absolutely true. St. Patrick's Day is huge in Japan. And well, it's huge in a lot of places. Japanese warriors play in full tartan plaid, you know, playing the bagpipes. 
There were comely Japanese maidens in very short skirts, dancing the river dance, you name it. And they, every red setter owner in the whole of central Japan parading his Irish red setter or his Irish wolfhound. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break at that point because there's so much we have to talk about right there. We'll be right back. Don't leave me. It's travel with Stephanie Abrams. On the line with me, live from Dunleary, uh, that is spelled so strangely. And by the way, I just watched a film. I think I saw, I think it's a Netflix film, fairly new on Netflix, that I've just watched. And the name of the film completely escapes me, but I will figure it out hopefully before this hour has concluded and share it with you. It's the story of the 1840s in Ireland and it was it's a low budget film done so well um and um it's captivating and i have a suspicion it might have been in that film maybe it was something black else 47 would it be yes black for, black 47 exactly i think it was that film but it might have been another one where one of the characters a woman a young woman's name was leary and if if you put on the closed captionings, as we sometimes do with films that have people with accents, because my husband gets lost in the accents, um, they spelled Leary the same way it's spelled in Dunleary, which is something, what what is it, L-A-O-G-H-A-R-I-E, something like that. I mean, if you looked at it, you'd never pronounce it right. But in any event... You mentioned red setters. You know, we had, we call red setters in the U.S. Irish setters. Yes. Um, I have been told by serious dog breeders that the reason you practically never see an Irish setter or red setter in the Republic of Ireland is that the Irish setter was bred out of the English setter, which is white with either red or black dots. And um, they, whoever was the breeder, kept breeding the dog until they got rid of all the white. And when they were done, they had a red dog. At least that's what I was told. And we had, for those of you into dogdom in my audience, if you're into Irish setters, our dog's double grandfather, the, the, the grandfather sire on both sides of our dog, whose name was Sir Timothy Dog, spelled with two G's, D-O-G-G. Sir Timothy Dog's um, double grandfather on both sides was Meadowlark's Intrepid. Now, when I'm in a group of doggy people who, you know, are really into dogs and know the Irish setter history, and I say Sir Timothy Dog's double grandfather was on both sides, the sire side, the dam side, was Meadowlark's Intrepid. I mean, it's like I, I said, I'm descended from Louis the Fourteenth. I, you know, I get one of those ooh la la experiences in the room, because that's that's dog royalty. He was gorgeous, gorgeous, and such an Irish personality. Um, if you're just joining us, I'm talking with Mark Leslie live from Dunleary in County Dublin. Um, and when I say he had an Irish personality, Mark, have you ever had a red setter or no people I- that do? 
I'm ashamed to say I've never had a dog. I only had horses oh. growing up. Golly. <laughs> you couldn't ride a dog so easily. So, you know, in the muddy the muddy fields of Monaghan, it was nice to be carried, conveyed across the fields above the sort of the mud level. No, but you know, the first day I arrived at Castle Leslie for the first time, which was many, many, many times ago, um, there was Max, who was a field English Springer Spaniel, although in Ireland you'd never call them English. You'd call them that in the north or in, uh, on the other side of the Irish Sea. They just refer to them as Springer Spaniels, which are quite... Spanier, Springer Spaniels and Cocker Spaniels are very popular. And Border Collies, of course, who were the sweetest dogs in the world and just want to herd the whole family together in the same room. But um, there was a dog that lived outside named Max at Castle Leslie in well, when the first time I was there and was there until uh, Max passed away probably about eight, nine years ago, something like that. But I met Max in 2002. So uh, Max is post dates your living at Castle Leslie, I imagine. And in your adult life. But in any event, um, when you meet somebody that owns an Irish setter, particularly a male, Irish Setter, you are meeting a very patient person. Because if they weren't patient when they got this dog, they learned patience dealing with this dog. <laughs> but they are so gorgeous and so sweet. And, and when I say they have an Irish personality, I would walk into our den and there was Sir Timothy Dog taking up half the sofa in the den. And I'd look at him and say, what are you doing on my couch? Please get off now. And he and he knew what I was saying. And he would lift his head, stare into my eyes like, you're asking me to get off this soft, warm, comfortable sofa. And he'd put his head back down. And that would be that. Or we're gonna take a break and come right back. So stay with me, everybody. It's Travel with Stephanie Abrams. Oh, I am delighted to have on the line with me Mark Leslie, live from County Dublin in Dunleary, where he lives, just by the side of the Irish Sea, where he generally swims every morning, or at least has for the last, lo, these many years, in that icy cold water. Don't know how you do it, but God bless you. Um, escorted from the sea this morning by no less than four seals including a very beautiful snowy white baby seal sort of, sort of nuclear family of mom, pop you know, brother and sister but the baby seal we'd been very concerned it had got stuck on a high wall about three days ago and nobody could figure out how to get it down it was particularly high tide and it got stuck on somebody's garden wall and it apparently took a spectacular tumble about three days ago and everybody assumed it had been killed um but and then yesterday i saw it on its own looking for its family and and came swam very quizzically close up to me saying are you family giving <laughs> it away but to my delight this morning there it was with mom and pop 
and probably one of its siblings. So it had taken three days for the family to find it or vice versa. And so you swam around together? We did, yes. How delightful is that? <laughs> my goodness. You know, some of my life-altering experiences have been with unusual animals. Um, uh, feeding a 10-day-old white Bengal tiger um, from a bottle of special formula created by a veterinarian in Mexico for this 10-day-old who was rejected by its mom. Um, so I got to hold the baby tiger and, and feed it with the baby bottle and Oh, you know, I have to get that photo back up on sabrams.net because it was the number one photo visited at sabrams.com forever. So we got to go find that photo and get it up at, um, at sabrams.net. But um, there are a number of things that I need to be talking about. We had on my very good friend Pat Gormley last week. And we were talking about how Pat lives in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, which is a twin city to Ballina in County Mayo. And everybody at, in Pittsfield is all excited. Everybody in Ballina is all excited because Joe Biden's family comes from Ballina. But in this little brief... Everybody in Ballina seems to belong to that family. Yeah, the, well, that happens. The person in the town that isn't a cousin, and truthfully, isn't a cousin of them, because it's a small town. But Well, it is a city, actually. And, um, um, it, you know, as cities go, it's a, a relatively small city. But so is Pittsfield, Massachusetts. It's not a huge city either, so they're perfectly paired. But well, It's a very presidential city, because the great Mary Robinson, our first female president in Ireland, hails from Ballinar as well. That's correct. And they're in the process of creating a presidential library for her there. Yes. So quite appropriate that they can claim both an Irish and an American and a US president. Yes, and I think that's a very interesting thought. I hope they do promote it that way. And of course Mary was the one who was promoting getting this library built. So I know I'm watching the politics of that was very funny over a good couple of years period. But, um, you know, there's so many silly things that make me laugh. But in any event, um, you can see me with Mary Robinson, first female president of Ireland, in episode nine of Travel TV with Stephanie Abrams, which is posted, archived at sabrams.net. And it's called Of Olympic Proportions. And I'm with Mary and Enda Kenny. What? Did I say Olympic? Oh, shoot me. Thank you for I need somebody to keep me honest. Of Titanic Proportions. And um, Mary and Enda Kenny, who was then the Taoiseach of Ireland, was there. Um, Mary's brother, Adrian, who's an attorney. What a lovely fellow he is. And about 3,000 other people piled into this little tiny town of Lahardon for the celebration of the 100th anniversary of the sinking of Titanic on April 15, 2012. And you can see all of that uh, in... Um, episode nine of my TV show. So go to sabrams.net. But um, what was interesting to me 
When I learned that my good friend Mark Leslie, who was on the line with us at the moment, had uh, earned yet again another award for truly award-winning work, easy for you to say, Roger Webbitt, uh, at the Patrick Kavanaugh Center in County Monaghan, Ireland. What I didn't know until this moment when we were in the commercial break is that it's Joe Biden's father's side that comes from Ballina, but his mother's side comes from County Louth. And where exactly in County Louth did the family come from? The mother's side of, of the Biden family come from? They come from the Cooley Mountains, which is just above Inneskeen, where the Patrick Kavanagh Centre are, where the great Irish epic, uh, the Tynboy Coolingy, uh, took place. The great brown bull of Ulster was hidden in those mountains by um, uh, King Connor McNessa to stop the, the greedy Queen Maeve capturing it. And this is an epic war that took place in the Iron Age, which for a long time was considered to be mythic. But they're finding more and more archaeological evidence to realize that, like Troy, it was a myth or legend based on real historical places and events. Um, so there's a strong tradition of culture and poetry there. And Patrick Kavanagh is a very great poet. He's the greatest Irish poet of the middle century from a very humble farming background. He's like Robbie Burns. He was a plowman poet, self-educated so convinced of his own genius that he didn't even have the bus fare to Dublin, but he walked anyhow and has proved his genius um, and paved the way for the poetry of the everyday, finding the magic in everyday things, very much continued by um, Seamus Heaney, who come from a similar, very humble rural background. And there's a w wonderful story of the completely unknown Seamus Heaney coming down to Dublin as an unknown young man and deciding to pay homage to Kavanagh by going to the pub that he was known to drink as a famous literary pub. And amazingly, for an unknown man, he was surprised, startled when the great poet looked up, spotted him, the young man coming and said, Heaney, question mark, and Heaney nodded. And without another word, Kavanagh slid a creamy pint of Guinness across and got up and left without saying another word. And the astonished onlookers said, he's never bought anyone a drink in his life. He must have met a worthy successor. Oh, wow. <laughs> and why do you so, think... So it's why proved do you... to be that our great Nobel laureate, you know, uh, carried the flame of a particular style or movement in poetry founded by Kavanagh but through his knowledge of Ireland, Joe Biden passed a lot of knowledge about Kavanaugh on to Barack Obama when he was the vice president and Obama was the president. And Obama used to pepper his speeches with quotes from Kavanaugh rather than Heaney, just to be one jump ahead of the US pundits, you know, who knew Heaney inside out, backwards and sideways. I didn't know but Patrick Obama, the bookish Obama, to go one better and only quote Heaney's guru, you know, rather than Heaney himself. And that was thanks to Joe Biden, I think, uh, passing the information on, saying, but get a load know, of this guy. You, know. you, you really immersed yourself uh, in a way that uh, the average, even scholar of Patrick Kavanaugh's poetry
And for those of you just joining us, I'm talking with Mark Leslie. Uh, he is responsible for building fabulous visitor centers all over the world. Uh, one of his newest opened this year in County Monaghan called the Patrick Cavanaugh Center. Patrick Cavanaugh, um, I got lucky enough to be immersed in the life and times of and works of Patrick Cavanaugh being got, taken on a guided tour by Mark Leslie. Uh, and I found in thinking about the experience once we were out the door, it's a small place, but it is a very intensive experience being there. And when you leave, you feel like you truly knew the man and you just come to visit him at home. But when I left, Mark, I had the overwhelming feeling that I had been just standing at the intersection of Robert Frost and Carl Sandburg, uh, imposed in an Irish environment. Because there is that same quietness about the descriptive nature of simple things and nature and life. And the kind of impact that reading a Robert Frost poem or a Carl Sandburg poem has on the reader, that's the same, the essence of what I felt leaving that center. I mean, it's really a remarkable experience. So what, what's the award that you got? What is it? Well, we, there's something called the European Museum Academy, which is sort of equivalent, uh, has a equivalent influence in museums all over the world. So although it's technically a European institution, people, uh, museums, institutions all over the world compete to get their awards. So a, a European Museum Academy Award has the same cachet and status in the museum world as the US, you know, Motion Picture Academy has on the film world. So... Uh, it's extraordinary that a little community project would have won a European Museum Academy Award in the section what's called um, Heritage in Motion. They have, like the other kind, they have a technical section for the more innovative type of museums that are using virtual reality, augmented reality websites, computer games, or very innovative movies. Those are the five main categories. In the, Her it's, the Heritage in Motion is a section of the main Academy Awards, but the main Academy Awards tend to go for a whole museum, you know, for the, uh, the, the Micheletti Award went to the whole GPO Museum or, or the Glasnevin Museum. But, but for a little converted church, where converted into a museum 30 years ago by the local community, and the flame of it very much kept alive. And fortunately, we, we're like the relay race runner that joins the relay race in the very last lap, you know, and, and gets the trophy. But that community, be, community have been running that centre, keeping it alive, keeping it lively, doing all sorts of imaginative things with it for 50 years since Kavanagh died. And finally, Monaghan County Council recognised the uniqueness of what they'd done got no more than a million dollars to mainly restore the building, but say we really have to upgrade the exhibition. And while the curators of the museum and the volunteers that worked there are people who were friends, 
neighbors and colleagues of Kavanaugh were all still alive. So we felt our role was to bottle in a very vivid way the knowledge, experience, and passion and friendship that these people had who'd created the setup. And so often you get a project like that just five years after everyone who knew the guy died, you know, and you have to somehow reconjure the reality of a man in his life. But we were doing it with the incredible advantage of having all of his friends, neighbors, and people who really knew him as he was alive and well and sort of part of the project. So wow. we were able to bottle that generation to pass on to the future. All right, so we have to take a quick very break. Very vivid we're, experience. We're, that's amazing. We're, and it was an amazing experience, people. You must go there. We'll be right back. Don't leave me. Portions of today's show brought to you by Curacao, offering vacationers cultural experiences wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture. A UNESCO World Heritage City on a southern Caribbean island with coves, beaches, and over 60 dive and snorkeling sites. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com. It's travel with Stephanie Abrams. On the line with me is Mark Leslie, who in the last segment, his company's Martello, by the way, and he's based in County Dublin, Ireland. Uh, just having won uh, his latest award from the European Museum Academy's Heritage Museum Award. And truly, um, the area in Monaghan, in County Monaghan, and I want to say it's Enniskeen, am I correct? Enniskeen. Enniskeen, yes. yeah. Um, it's a little tiny remote place in a little tiny area. Um, truly off the beaten touristic track. Um, it's a small museum in competition with museums all over Europe. And uh, that's just the proof of the pudding that excellence will rise like cream to the top. I'm very proud of you, Mark. You mentioned in the last segment um, references to Glasnevin's, visit, Glasnevin Cemetery's Visitor Center. And I've forgotten the other one you mentioned. What was the other one you just... Oh, the GPO, oh, the, GPO we... the General Post Office, where the equivalent of the Alamo took place uh, in a massacre by the Brits upon those in Dublin. Um, see the film Michael Collins, starring Liam Neeson and Alan Rickman. Uh, it's a film that must be 30 or 40 years old at this point. It is worth your... Uh, entertainment and educational experience and the GPO story and the Bloody Sunday Massacre are all, uh, the Easter Rising Massacre, it's, it's all in there. 
You know, Mark, earlier you mentioned that Biden's mother's side of the family of the family was from County Louth. And um, is is there a particular town or towns in County Louth that uh... I think they from the very legendary and historic Cooley Mountains, right? Oh, right. Loom up above Dundalk. But I think she was from a rural now. Uh, to make sure we don't stand corrected, I'm not 100% sure. Maybe it was the father that was from Laos and the mother that was from Balinar. But I think I've got it right that it's the mother from... No, I think I think you're right. I think his father's side is from, from Balinar. And I, I wasn't aware that his mother was Irish. So yeah. that that's a new but, story for me. But, you know, um, you mentioned um, Barack Obama. His mother's family ancestors came from County Offaly and Moneygall and yes. the church that they found the documents in that had all the lineage connections is Temple Harry in uh, Moneygall. And uh, there's actually, I can't remember where it is, but we stop there all the time. Um, somewhere, I think it's south of the Dublin Galway Road, there's a highway where the um, there's a like a, a a travel plaza with uh you can buy petrol gasoline and you can go in and have uh, something to eat and you can buy this and that for the car uh munchables as well as hard goods and it's called the um obama travel plaza well, you know the way have quite a good little little exhibition in there all about his visits not done by us, I hasten, but you get quite a lot of nice pictures and information about him and his Irish connections. Do you know, I've been in there a number of times because we've been, we've been between places. If you're hungry, it's a good place to stop and have an excellent bite to eat. Um, I mean, not your typical roadside at a gasoline station, get something to eat kind of thing. Um, but, and I've stopped there a number of times. I've never seen any exhibit. Related to Obama. It's upstairs. It's upstairs. Oh, for heaven's but sakes. They, they don't promote it very well. <laughs> I had no idea. But there you are. I, I know Americans aren't always keen on going oh, upstairs. Oh, listen. We, we've had some technical difficulties here, which have given us into overtime. So we've got to take a break into the top of the hour news. Don't leave me, everybody. This is Stephanie Abrams. We're flying high.